Well, here's the truth of the matter. Satan is under our feet. It's time for The Line of Fire with your host, activist, author, international speaker, and theologian, Dr. Michael Brown, your voice of moral, cultural, and spiritual revolution. Michael Brown is the director of the Coalition of Conscience and president of Fire School of Ministry. Get into The Line of Fire now by calling 866-34-TRUTH. That's 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. You know, before I came to faith in Jesus when I was 16 years old as a heavy drug user, I, I toyed with satanic stuff. My friends and I would talk about it and joke about it and imagine ourselves to be demons wreaking destruction on the earth in our drug-crazed states. But there's nothing funny about the devil. There's nothing good about the devil. Anything that he ever does in a human life is ultimately for destruction. He is utterly dark. He is the epitome of what it means to be diabolical. To be diabolical is to be the devil. We must expose him for who he is. Welcome, friends, to the Line of Fire broadcast. This is Michael Brown. Here's the number to call, 866-34-TRUTH, 866-348-7884. If you yourself were delivered from Satanism, if you yourself used to actively live on what we would call the dark side and Jesus really changed your life, by all means, give us a call. Tell us what the transformation was like. 866-348-7884. A lot of other things I want to talk to you about today, but let's start here. So last few days, there's just been big hubbub about the announcement of these Satan sneakers. Just check out this tweet. So Lil Nas X openly gay, very, very popular rapper, especially with kids, uh, working with Mischief, M-S-C-H-F, and, and Air Max 97, Satan Shoes. They're releasing March 29th, 666 pairs. are made each individually, numbered containing one drop of human blood from a staff from Mischief and 60 cc's of ink. They will retail for... $1,018, and there's some really demonic pictures of Lil Nas X. Okay, on the one hand, it, another ridiculous publicity stunt, something in and of itself that is stupid, something in and of itself that doesn't deserve our attention, especially when there's so much satanic evil in the society. However, we don't want to downplay the fact that this rapper for whom we pray we pray that he'll come to know the God that, that he rejects and, and mocks and resists. And, and we, come to, we, we pray that he will come to understand the foolishness of exalting anything to do with Satan, that he's not just a figment of people's imaginations or, or some good being posing as bad. No, he is, as I said, darkness and darkness only. He masquerades as an angel of light, but he only brings destruction and pain and degradation. That's who he is. That's what he does. Jesus says that he's been a murderer and a liar from the beginning. But, but here's the real reason for concern is because of the popularity of Lil Nas X. Look at this article in NPR. Look at the headline. Lil Nas X says children are his core audience right now, and that's okay. Children as in little children. Let's scroll down in this article. And for those who are watching, look, look at this. There he is on Sesame Street. It's going on a little further than that article. 
Little Nas on Sesame Street, posing next to one of their beloved puppets. Let's go down a little further in the article, and you can see a picture of Lil Nas X in front of elementary school children. Okay? Now, look, the reality is that this same company put out a Jesus sneaker with holy water like a year something ago. And, and, and this was attached to Nike sneakers. Like I said, no, no, we've got nothing to do with this. We have no connection to these sneakers. So even Nike wanted to distance themselves from the Satan sneakers. It's little Nas and his influence. That's the bigger issue to me, his lostness and the kids that he influences. Look at this tweet from him. Look at what he says. He says, I literally sing about lean. Wasn't even familiar with that term lean, but, but a particular drug. I literally sing about lean and adultery in Old Town Road, a super popular song of his. You decided to let your children listen. Blame yourself. That's the issue. The sneakers, okay, stupid publicity stunt, whatever. Now everybody's talking about Lil Nas. Now we're finding out who he is and so on and getting more attention to his latest song. And, okay, obviously you do things like that. You, you make a limited number of copies of these, and, and it's here today, gone tomorrow. But it's the glorifying of Satan for his audience. And now that's the cool thing for the kids. That's my big issue. When you have horrific songs like WAP and they become number one in the nation and you think, okay, it's bad enough for adults to be into that, degrading songs like that. But kids don't even know what they're singing and the moves they're making. They don't understand, but they're getting polluted with this. This is what concerns me more, the pollution of children. And then the presence of real evil in this world. That's a far greater concern to me than the sneakers. It's the presence of real evil in this world, the, the, the attack on children, selling little children to be trafficked sexually. I mean, horrors like that, the ongoing epidemic of abortion, the breakdown of the family. These are the satanic things that concern me more. And all the more do we want to pray for this man to come to know Jesus. There would be people who are far worse sinners than him that God has saved, especially when people act in ignorance and unbelief. But, but, but here's the real irony of the whole thing. Let, let's take a look at the sneaker itself. And, and, and on the one hand, it's got, say, this one's six out of 666. So this is sneaker number six out of a run of 666. That's in the back. But on the, the front side, it says Luke 1018. Now, why in the world would you put that scripture on your shoe? If you're glorifying Satan and you've got, you know, upside down cross and pentagram and these other images and, and all this stuff, why in the world would you do that? What does it say here? Jesus sends out his 70 to preach, drive out demons, heal the sick. They come back. The 70 return with joy saying, Master, even the demons submit to us in your name. And Jesus said to him, Yeshua said to them, I was watching Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Or other translations say, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. So either he's saying, I was there when he was cast out of heaven and he rebelled in the first place, or when you were going out driving out demons, I was watching him fall like lightning from heaven. And then he says this, behold, I've given you authority to trample upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. That's verse 19. Nothing will harm you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names have been written in heaven. Okay, 
maybe the point of putting that scripture is to say Satan's fallen to the earth, whatever, but it's, it speaks of his fall. Satan's fallen. And in Jesus, Satan's under our feet. The real lesson from these stupid sneakers, the real lesson is that Satan is under our feet in Jesus. We have authority over him. He's not our master. He's not our Lord. His power is broken over our lives through the cross and the resurrection. And and many of you watching and listening can say, yeah, that happened to me. I was bound. I was a slave. I was a slave to, to fear. I was a slave to drugs. I was a slave to sex. I was a slave to, to greed or lust or anger or violence or whatever it was. And Jesus liberated you. Satan has been defeated. And we must now exercise our authority in Jesus and bring the message of liberation and freedom to the world. May this publicity ploy bring about a wave of prayer for the salvation of Lomas, an awareness to parents of the garbage that they're letting their kids take in and what is available for them, and then a renewed desire for us to go out and set captives free. You know, bigger concerns I would have would be this here. Let's look at this news. Uh, This is from a few years ago. The Blasphemy Challenge Uh, goes back to 2007. This was a movement then where people were invited to, to post videos saying they blaspheme the Lord. And, and this was to say, we're going to commit the unpardonable sin. There was a move afoot to do this. And I have no question whatsoever, no question that there were people who recorded those videos that are now believers today. As I was watching them, little children were doing it. As I was watching this stuff, I said, there's no question whatsoever that these people who are blaspheming the name of the Lord and rejecting him, they, they don't know what they're saying. They're not committing the unpardonable sin. They're mouthing words, but they don't understand the meaning of those words. And there'll be people who record videos one day and are saved the next. But see, that points to a bigger trend, which concerns me, which is the ongoing dropping out of the faith, especially of younger people. They're not finding answers in church or they're finding church too politicized or other things like that. That's what would concern me more than these sneakers, something like that, or, or, or this. Uh, how about this? The Satanic Temple, Dallas Observer reports, the Satanic Temple says Texas abortion laws violate religious liberty, so they're filing suit. So let's just read down on this article for a, a moment to see their argument. The Satanic Temple filed a lawsuit against Texas alleging certain state-mandated abortion regulations violate the religious liberty of its members. They say regulations such as those that require women seeking an abortion to undergo a sonogram and examine the results, read about abortion, set out a mandatory waiting period, violate the temple's religious teachings. The Satanic Temple, which describes itself as a non-theistic branch of Satanism, wants its followers to be exempt from such regulations. The temple has members across the country, including in Texas. It's legal to get an abortion in Texas, but the procedure is banned after 20 weeks unless a life-threatening medical condition is involved or the fetus has a severe abnormality. If a person is eligible, the state requires them to get a sonogram and receive paperwork about medical risks, adoption alternatives, and developmental stages of the fetus. According to the ACLU, some of the information provided in this paperwork is false. The state then requires a woman to wait 24 hours after receiving the sonogram and paperwork before she can go through with the abortion. The day-long wait is not required if for those who live 100 miles uh, or more away from the nearest abortion provider. But the temple's members, look at this, 
This is of greater concern to me than the sneakers. But the Temple's members consider abortion a ritualistic process, according to its co-founder and spokesperson, Lucian Graves. This, the ritual is meant to take the shame and guilt away from the person receiving the procedure, affirming their choice. The state regulations disrupt this ritual, Greaves said. We have a distinct kind of procedure for this, and in no part of this do we include getting sonograms or any other medically unnecessary access are required in Texas. Therefore, the imposition of those things we feel is a violation of our religious liberty. That is more grievous to me and of greater concern than the sneakers, except for the fact that kids are being exposed to this. All this to say, Satan's active. His power has been broken, but he's active. It's up to us to go and expose him. We'll be right back. It's The Line of Fire with your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Your voice of moral, cultural, and spiritual revolution. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. I've got a little bit more to share about this whole issue of Satanism and satanic influence in society. But then I'm going to pivot, a dramatic pivot, and respond to a tweet asking me about the vaccine and the mark of the beast. The vaccine being some type of part of an end-time world control domination by an antichrist figure or government. So that leads me to a question to ask each of you, 866-348-7884. Here's my question. Did you get vaccinated for COVID? If so, why did you choose to do it? If not, why have you chosen not to do it? Love to hear from you. 866-34-TRUTH. Did you get vaccinated or not? And why did you or why have you not gotten vaccinated? So I'll come to that in a moment. And I'm not, listen, a complete pivot. I am not going from Satanism to a natural next subject, the vaccine. No, that's not it. It's stop, hard stop, next subject. Okay, so here's what I want to point out. Sometimes we get all worked up over the latest publicity stunt. Oh, satanic sneakers. Look. The big, issue, the, the big issue is not satanic sneakers. The big issue is all the evil in society, all the injustice, all the corruption, all the hurt, all the pain, all the destruction, the murder, the rape, the terrible things that take place all the time in our society, things that take place on a daily basis, kids dying of drug overdoses, families being torn apart, one thing after another, hardship, difficulty, pain, Human beings making choices, but Satan driving so much of his with, with his destruction. That's what should concern us more than just the latest publicity stunt is something satanic. Because you know the moment you talk about it, everybody, this is it. This is big news. And I thought, well, downplay this. And then everywhere I turn, people talking about it. Christian leaders talking about it. Others defending it. Political people. And Nike went. So it is out there. So again, the biggest takeaway for me is remember Satan's under your feet in Jesus and let's pray for Lil Nas X. Let's pray for him to really come to know the one true God, likely the God he's never ever been exposed to, probably never met him or encountered him. Maybe he did and rejected him, but my guess would be he's never really encountered him and doesn't even know the love of God. 
And maybe he's experienced rejection by the church for being gay, but I don't know that he's known the conviction of the Spirit and the love of God to draw him in. So let, let's, let's pray for him, and then let's be alert as to what our kids, grandkids, great-grandkids, whatever it is, what they're taking in, what they're being exposed to. But look, I, I remember in the 60s, I, I didn't see the, the movie, but it was the big sensation, everybody talking about it, Rosemary's Baby. Uh, you know, I'm looking at a graphic now, and, and it, it was an iconic movie and way out there, and it, it ends up basically she gives birth to Satan's spawn. Again, I didn't, I didn't see the movie, but, whoa, that was like 1968. The, the point is, this stuff has been around. Satanic stuff, sensationalistic stuff about the devil. This has been around, and Satan has been at work all these centuries. And sometimes it's in very overt ways, and sometimes it's more covert ways. The more a society believes in the supernatural and the paranormal, then the more overt Satan often is, the more society is, is, is irreligious and more intellectually oriented and, and rejecting the myths and fables and superstitions and things like that. That's you know, what they're thinking in their rationalism. He may come in in a more subtle way, but he's been at work. Ultimately, though, we are responsible. No one can say the devil made me do it because we have to open the door to him one way or another for him to get in and take possession. I remember during the days of the Brownsville Revival in Pensacola, Florida, from 95 to 2000, and I served as a leader there from 96 to 2000, and raised up the ministry school where the fruit continues to, to remain and grow around the world. Well, I, I had heard about a woman, a, a witch, who had been wonderfully born again, but she was she was raised in a family of witches, and it was multi-generational. She was either third or fourth generation witch in her family. And she lived among other witches, and this woman was really genuinely demonized. I mean, the real thing. And she, she came to Brownsville. She got wonderfully born again, wonderfully transformed, set free. It was like a different person. I wasn't there when she initially testified. But some people unwisely told her, hey, it's fine if you go back to your old environment because you're a new person. Well, she went back to her old environment and around all these witches and with family members who were witches, she fell under satanic power again. So I come into a room one day before the services are going to start one night. And my colleague, Evangelist Steve Hill, is down on, on one knee and he is praying over a woman who is literally laying on the floor. And he is speaking to a demon in this woman. I saw this with my own eyes. And this woman had the deepest, huskiest voice I've ever heard. I, I mean, a, ma a deep male voice that was far huskier and male sounding than mine. I will not come out. I thought, what kind of woman is that? <laughs> wow, I never heard a woman with a voice like that. And, and Steve is saying, you will leave in Jesus' name. Hey, this stuff happened in the Bible. Where does it say it stopped? Sh show me in the Bible where it says that disciples will drive out demons then, but then it stops. Where? Where is it? Has the devil stopped? Have demons stopped? So why do we stop driving them out in Jesus' name? <clears throat> I'm not talking about the exorcist, the exorcist movie. It's got to be like that. I'm talking about just doing what the Bible says. So my friend Steve is, is standing over her kneeling by her and speaks to this demonic spirit 
you're leaving in Jesus' name, and argues back and finally says, go in Jesus' name. She kind of shudders, the next thing, gone. And then she sits up. Oh, Steve, I'm so embarrassed about... It's like, what What happened? Well, that was the real lady. The other was the Spirit speaking through. I saw it with my eyes. You may think it's crazy, but hey, do you believe the Bible? It's, It's in the Bible. And these things have happened over the centuries around the world to this day. Satan is a destroyer. We have authority over him in Jesus' name, but we don't play games with the devil. It's not wise. And we don't go around mocking him and picking a fight. In the same way, we don't go around minimizing the real damage that he does. So that's what I wanted to say about the satanic sneakers. And I wanted to remind you of the authority we have in Jesus. But, but don't, don't play games. Don't experiment. Let's see how far out I can get in the water before I drown. No, that's not wisdom to do that. 866-34-TRUTH. Okay, let's go over to this tweet that I got. So full pivot, full pivot. Uh, A woman, I think a woman from the picture, I wonder if Dr. Michael L. Brown would reconsider his position about the vaccine being the pretext for the mark of the beast. Now that Christians won't be able to participate in free commerce without it, sounds like what the Bible described to me. Okay, so... When COVID-19 hit a little over a year ago, we started to get news about it. The first article that I wrote, March, early March of 2020, was to say this looks very serious and deadly, but it is not a plague from the book of Revelation. It is not one of the final plagues that the Bible speaks about. It looks serious and deadly, but it is not one of the final plagues written about in the Bible. That was the point that I made. And I subsequently wrote a book, wrote it in eight days, started March 18th, came out, uh, finished March 26th, then came out just a few weeks later when the world stops. Still very relevant one year later. Words of faith, hope, and wisdom in the midst of crisis. And I reiterated that same position in the book. Well, now the next question comes up, what about the vaccine? Because the Bible in the book of Revelation describes a day where there will be this Antichrist ruler and, and, and everyone will have to worship him. And they'll have to have proof of worshiping him, get this, quote, mark of the beast. And if they won't get it, they won't be able to buy or sell. So here's someone saying, hey, look, if if you have this, you have to have a COVID vaccine passport. You have to have proof that you got vaccinated. Maybe you won't be able to travel into certain countries. Maybe you won't be able to go to work. Maybe you won't be able to go to school. Maybe you won't be able to to do business. Isn't that what the mark of the beast describes? So here's my position, which remains exactly as it was before. My position remains completely unchanged. That it shows you how something like this could happen on a world level. It is a parallel type of situation in that you may be required to do something in order to live normal lives. But it is not the mark of the beast because the beast is not here. It's not the mark of the beast because the Antichrist is not here. It's not the mark of the beast because there is not the one world government that would be required. It's not the mark of the beast because we're not being required to worship something other than God. Certain sectors of society believe that the vaccine is essential and that you have to protect others who are not vaccinated and and therefore require the vaccine to buy. Now, if it's forced, then we have another issue. If it gets to being forced, we have an issue. It's a parallel 
type of question. What if in good conscience you can't get vaccinated or you don't want to get vaccinated, but you're required to in order to live a normal life or do normal commerce? What are you? That's a much more major question to address. But that doesn't make it the mark of the beast. For there to be a mark of the beast, there needs to be a beast. There needs to be an antichrist. There needs to be that final world ruler that we are required to worship. So again, it shows us how something like this could happen. And there are parallels. But no, this is not the mark of the beast. Anyway, if you got vaccinated, tell me why you did it why you didn't hesitate to do it or decided ultimately to do it. And if you feel you don't want to, you shouldn't, it's not right, either health reasons or spiritual reasons, give me a call. Tell me why. 866-348-7884. A lot more to come. It's The Line of Fire with your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Get into The Line of Fire now by calling 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. You know, I I was working on an article last night about the role of the church in every generation. And, And we tend to paint things in overly extreme terms. This is the worst the world has ever been. And we've got to save America and turn the tide. The reality is the world's been messed up since the fall of man. Just think of it. The firstborn son, Cain, kills the secondborn son, Abel. How's that for the start of human progeny on the earth? It's been a mess ever since. And in the midst of it, good, wonderful, beautiful things have happened. And in every generation, there's a battle. It's like a tug of war. And it's going to get pulled this way or this way. But until Jesus returns, the world is going to be messed up and the kingdom of God is going to advance. It's not going to be totally evil and it's not going to be perfectly righteous. There's going to be a lot of good and beautiful uh, development of, of character and godliness and people's lives changed and many redemptive stories on the one hand. And on the other hand, on the other hand, it's going to be evil and destruction, darkness. So it's not a matter of either or. America is just going off the deep end. America needs to go back to its great roots. No, America's been mixed from day one. A lot of good and, and bad along with it. It's been a mix. So in every generation, we have a role. In every generation, we're the salt and the light. In every generation, we're called to make a difference. In every generation, we have to push back against evil and promote good Otherwise, things will get even worse. If we weren't here, there'd be total collapse. So we've got to do our part. Whatever generation you put us in, we'll be preaching repentance, calling people to turn to God, offering new hope in life, working against evil, promoting good, wherever you put us. When we exaggerate things, then we become somewhat irrelevant, kind of like Chicken Little saying the sky's falling or else we get a false complacency. The reality is this is always going to be a battle. The reality is there's going to be trouble, difficulty, and much grace in the midst of it. In the same way, when it comes to the question of the COVID vaccine, we can exaggerate things in apocalyptic terms. That if you don't do this, you're a murderer. You're a hate. You are a murderer. Shame on you if you don't get vaccinated. You're a murderer. Or on the other hand, this is the mark of the beast. 
and I will not give my allegiance to a one-world government and submit myself to Satan. Both positions are exaggerated. But it's something we do need to talk about as more and more Americans are vaccinated. And, and the theory would be with this and then with herd immunity and then with less people carrying the, the virus that less will be exposed. And, and then you kind of officially get over the, the, the massive hurdle and go back to normal life. That's the mentality. But is it a good and right thing? Is it healthy long term? So we ask the question again, 866 Three for truth. I'm going to the phones in one moment, but I want to pull up a headline uh, from the Jerusalem Post about Israel. And it says in Israel, this year's Passover Seder is also a farewell party for COVID-19. In Israel, this year's, excuse me, Harar, it's the, the, the liberal Israeli newspaper. This year's Passover Seder is also a farewell party for COVID-19, saying a year ago, year ago, that Israel was told, complete shutdown, you can't have family members together. They, they did Passover seders with Zoom and virtual seders. Now they're saying, hey, the economy is reopening. Uh, coronavirus infections is rare. Uh, the, the rate in Israel keeps dropping. The vaccine drive has been a success. And then it says, you know, one uh, major thing Israel is missing before it can recover. They just want to get rid of Netanyahu. So it's a political footnote to that. Okay, so I, I, I just wanted to draw attention to that. To say, you know, a year ago, I, I watched some shows where Christian prophets were asked, when is the virus going to end? And they said, you're going to see a major decline at Passover, mid-April. You're going to see a major decline. And then it's going to dissipate after that. Of course, that didn't happen. Quite the contrary. But one year later, in Israel, it is happening, which reminds us prophets see and know in part. That's why we don't go to them with those kind of questions as spiritual prognosticators. It's not their job, but that they tell us how God wants us to live in order to please him. All right, so over to you. Were you vaccinated or have you not been vaccinated and why? So let's, um, let's go to the phones. We'll start with Julie in Georgia. Welcome to the line of fire. Hi, Dr. Brown. Hey. How are you today? I'm just fine. Yeah, so tell me about your own vaccine choices. Well, um, I've, I've, um, our family has decided to be vaccined. Um, I've been raised um, in a Pentecostal church. My dad was a, um, in ministry. He's retired now, a pastor for 45 years. And um, my mother has um, major health issues, major um, compromised immune system, um, and she missed church for almost a year because of the coronavirus. And, you know, church has been such a huge part of our lives. I mean, mm -hmm. that's our lives. We go to church, you mm -hmm. know, when the doors are open. She was already kind of isolated even before coronavirus, but she always made an effort to go to church. And the main reason that I became vaccina vaccinated, my husband my father and my mom, our main reason was to get her back in church. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and it's, you know, we, we've missed that. We've missed that community. We've missed that, um, our, that fellowship. That's our other family is our church family. And, yeah. um, so that's let, honestly, yeah. let me, let, let me ask you that. No, that's, that's good. Let me ask you this, Julie. Um, did you simply choose not to go or she chose not to go for fear of the potential of 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 getting infected in other words it was the, it was a family choice 
And then you said once you're vaccinated, then it's safe to go. Was that the mentality? Yes, sir. And I wouldn't say that it was just a huge major fear. You know, we, mm-hmm. we try not to live in fear. And yep. we would watch our um, church services online and participate in any way that we can, you know, with the church. We still, you know, we paid our tithes into the church over online. And mm-hmm. we, were, we still participated in church as much as we could. But um, I would want to. I want to say our two driving forces was the number one get back in church. Oh, and we had several outbreaks of COVID in our church. Um, several um, families, and it also kind of went to other people in the church too. So that was kind of a. Uh, we were worried. You know, we yeah. we, we love our precious. We love. I love my precious mom. You know, and we 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 wanted to protect her. And we know that the Lord is in control. And and I want. I don't want to say that we lived under a cloud of fear because we didn't. You know, you just so felt it was we, it was wisdom. Just like if someone yes, has, sir. if your kid has the flu, you don't bring him to to a church service or something. You you keep him back. I, and, and, absolutely. And and how old how old is she? My mother just turned seventy years old. Seventy. Actually, a couple of a few days ago, she turned seventy. Yes, sir. And would you say that others in the church, the majority, have followed suit the same way? Um, I haven't. You know, there hasn't been a whole lot of talk in our church that I've heard of people getting the vaccine. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that my pastor specifically is in favor of of the vaccine. I've we've heard him make comments that he doesn't find anything wrong with it. In fact, he, I think he said he had friends at Pfizer that he knew personally, and that he, you know, that there. I haven't heard a negative attitude in our Got church it. about the vaccine. Got I it. honestly haven't seen a lot of people that have. I don't know if they're just not talking about it. You know, if they've got it or not, but. Um, I will tell you this. I will tell you this. I've been a little hesitant on social media to say that I've gotten gotten the vaccine. Okay. I've seen Why? Some, I've seen a. I've seen a few. I have a few of the kind of wacky Christians <laughs> that have put up stuff about you know that, that this is the mark of the beast, and if you take this, then you you know. I, honestly, I've been a little hesitant because I feel yeah, so that, I, I mean that right. That's that's unfortunate. It, it's one thing, Julie, if people said, hey, we're not sure about long-term effects of the vaccine or we've read this or, you know, we have concerns that hasn't been adequately tested or we don't like something being forced on us. You know, that's a fair discussion. But to get ridiculed by Christians as Mark of the Beast, that's we need to grow up. We need to grow up and do better. Hey, Julie, thanks for, for calling and sharing this. And may, may God's grace and health be with your whole family there. 866 866- Three for truth. Let's go to Kendred in Palm Beach, Florida. Welcome to the line of fire. Hello, Doctor Brown. I'm so happy I got to meet you. Well, great. Nice to talk with you. Well, I can't believe I'm talking to Mister Doctor Brown, the Doctor Brown. Wow. Well, go ahead, man. Nice to talk, and thanks for the kind words. Yeah. So, what's well, your view about uh, about being vaccinated? Yeah. Go ahead. I'm 13 years old. I converted to Christianity like seven months ago. I was like raised in a like a Protestant household, but I was like I was not like really Christian. But then, but then I like became kind of agnostic after that. But then I started studying the case for for the existence of God, the Kalam argument, and the fine tuning argument, and the evidence for the resurrection, like the empty tomb. Mm-hmm. And I saw the atheist objections, but it never really made sense, especially. Especially when, especially on the objections to the fine tuning argument. Mm. So when I studied the evidence closely, I came to Christianity and I said Jesus as my Lord and Savior. 
Wow. So even now it's starting to get really hard to like keep up with keep up with all the things I have to do to be even though you know what I mean, right? Like yeah, well the here's here's the key thing and, and how old did you say you are? Thirteen. Thirteen. Yeah, that is awesome that you're thinking about these things. I mean a lot of people don't even know the arguments usually, you're talking about gonna, and go ahead. Usually we usually um my age we just try to stay away from that. We yeah, yeah. To, or usually, just just have fun or do whatever. Uh, yeah, usually when those stuff come up, we just try to avoid it and, and try to change it. Yeah, so the key thing, Kendrick, for you now is to really get to know the Lord on a personal level, you know, to really get close to Him through His Word and prayer and, and build that foundation really solidly. And then on that foundation, you can add in uh, you know, then then learn more of the arguments and the back and the forth, because that's always going to be there. And that's, like you said, it's a lot to keep up with. There's always going to be another video and another book and another argument. But like, like, like now I want to be a philosopher and be a Christian apologist and be like William Lane Craig, C.S. Lewis and, you know, all those guys. I always want I always want to see how, how they how they um how they respond to atheist. Arguments. Yeah, yeah. And and, there, and those also, are great those are great models to follow, but you know the other I'm thing. Also, to, go ahead. I'm also a theistic evolutionist, so I know there's going to be some people who are going to be. Not yeah, well, look be. here's here's the thing though. You all those positions you develop as you keep growing. For sure, you want to be more advanced in your understanding. Five years from now, ten years, twenty years, thirty years, right? So keep building on those things. But biggest biggest thing of all biggest thing of all is to develop a really solid personal relationship with the Lord heart to heart so heart and soul and mind and spirit loving God all right stay right here it's the line of fire with your host activist author international speaker and theologian Dr. Michael Brown your voice of moral cultural and spiritual revolution Get into the line of fire now by calling 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. You know, when uh, Kendrick had called, it was about the vaccine, but we found out uh, about his amazing journey at 13. Let's, let's pray for God to really keep him, ground him. And uh, we're sending him a free copy of my book, Resurrection, Investigating a Rabbi from Brooklyn, a Preacher from Galilee, and an event that changed the world. But he didn't feel he needed to be vaccinated at 13. Uh, by the way, many would argue that COVID rates were dropping, that herd immunity was being achieved, that just the natural process had taken place, and that that's why the numbers were dropping. And now people will point, well, the vaccine did it. Others say, no, the numbers were dropping. Anyway, we're, we're just discussing these things. What's interesting, though, what's interesting is that the, the, the percentage when you look at those who have a problem with the vaccine, who question whether they should get it or not, the the highest number in terms of percentage-wise of, of, of groups saying we're, we're not sure about getting it or we don't think we should get it are white evangelicals. So why is that? Why the skepticism, conspiracy theories, or just looking at things with more suspicion, even though Donald Trump was pro-vaccine, Right. The second group right behind that is, is black Americans, not specifically evangelicals, but black Americans. Why is that? Why the skepticism? It's, just, it's interesting demographically to see how this plays out. All right, let's hear from some more of you. Uh, let's go to Loretta in Raleigh, North Carolina. What's your take on the vaccine personally? Hi. Hey. Dr. Brown? 
Hi, yeah. Dr. Brown. You're on the air. Get you off a speaker. I don't like that. Uh, no, well, we don't um, like that either. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> so, um, my, I did not get the vaccine. And let me explain why, because I know people are still getting vaccinated. Um, industry, I felt, you know what, there is no long. Uh, are you there? I'm, I'm here. We oh. haven't gone anywhere. Go ahead. Okay. Um, so there's no long-term research. So that was a big concern of mine. Mm-hmm. The main thing, though, is my immune system is uh, very compromised. And um, I receive uh, infusions every month. And the infusions also depress or suppress my immune system more. Mm. Um, so initially it was like, no, I'm not going to get this thing. And, um, so interestingly, last night, my husband asked me after church, Loretta, what have you heard or have you heard anything about the vaccine and the mark of the beast? I said, oh, I said, yeah. I said, I figured that that would come up eventually because it passed through my mind, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, a while back, but. I said, you know what, honey, I said, it's not the mark of the beast, because it says clearly in the Bible where the mark will be placed, on the forehead and on the hand. And so, uh, correct me if I'm wrong about that. You yeah, know, well, yeah, um, so, so here's, here, here's the thing, Loretta. If we're going to take Revelation 13 literally, that there's a literal mark of the beast of the Antichrist or the Antichrist system, then take it literally as forehead and arm, Right. But again, when we press it, there is no beast now. There is no Antichrist. There is no one world government. And we are not being told to worship this Antichrist. Otherwise, we can't do commerce. Are there parallels? Yeah, there are parallels. But let's not overblow it. So you have, think it through on other levels, whether it's necessary, whether it's important, whether it's healthy. Whether, think it through on those levels. Forget the mark of the beast issue. You can even think it through on the level of, do I want the government telling me what to do and not do? Do I, do I want the government having that kind of reach in my life and that level of control? That's another fair argument, and that parallels the mark of the beast, but let's not confuse the one with the other. Hey, Loretta, thank you for the call. Uh, let's go over to David in San Antonio, Texas. Welcome to the Line of Fire. Hello, Dr. Brown. Uh, very good to speak with you. I listen to your show all the time. Well, thank you. Uh so to preface this, I'd like to say that uh, coming from my point of view, I followed this virus from when it was happening in China and seeing all the uh, YouTube videos happening of them boarding up buildings and people falling out in the streets and all those things happening back in January of last year and it moving swiftly through Italy and all those other countries. So when it started to take root here back in March, my wife is actually an ICU nurse and, uh, she come home one day. Well, let, let me back up a little bit. I felt led of the Lord to anoint some oil and go around the outside of my home and pray over the walls of my home. Mm-hmm. I didn't know why at the time. It was it was nighttime, and I felt the Lord speak to me and say, go do this. And, you know, oftentimes when we feel the Lord speak to us, we start to question, and like, Lord, why? It sounds crazy, you know. But as I do that, and I pray over the ho- over our home and the Holy Spirit, is speaking to me and moving on me. My wife is in the ICU. She's an ICU nurse. She comes home the very next day, and she's getting ready for her next night's rounds. And as she does that, she receives a call from our hospital here stating that uh, 
she needs we all need to quarantine because she came into contact with a doctor mm. that has the virus and she'd been in contact with that doctor for the past two days over the past two days in direct contact face to face this is before you know all the mass mandates and social distancing and she had come in contact with that doctor and she was scared to death she was she was crying we were she was running around her house trying to put up uh, an area that she can quarantine herself in. And I just sat down with her and I explained what the Lord had me do the night before. Mm-hmm. And I told her, I said, listen, honey, I said, we've already all been exposed. If this, you know, is going to hit us, we've just got to put our trust and hope in Jesus Christ in this. And I will say, since that has happened, we've traveled around the country. We've gone to different places. We've worn masks where it's mandated. Mm-hmm. We've shown wisdom in that. And of course, like my work, I have to wear a mask wherever I go. And I'm okay with that, you know, because I believe that we should we should have uh, faith and love towards others that may not have as much faith as we do. But ever since then, we, we haven't gotten the virus, thank God, and, and we haven't been affected, and I'm, I'm thankful for that. But my wife did decide to get the vaccine to try to help people that might be on the fence with it and worried about what it might be mm-hmm. or how it might affect them. And so far, she's been fine. She's been over two months with the vaccine. So I think we have to use discernment as Christians and really dig into the Word and, and show ourselves approved when we look at yeah. the Word and we rightly divide it. And, 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 with it all, and for sure, fear is never a fruit of the Spirit in terms of, oh, no, what's going to happen? Oh, no, things are going to get terrible. It's one thing when God warns us, you know, then, then we wake up. But you know, we want to have a right attitude, faith. Then we want to use common sense wisdom. And then with something like this, people are saying, hey, I, I've read things with concerns. I, I, I'm, and that's where you have to think it through on your own. That's what I've urged everyone to do. Pastors, leaders, and setting policies for churches, just do your best to hear from the Lord and use practical wisdom and move forward from there. Hey, David, I appreciate the call. Uh, let's go to uh, Sonia in Gainesville, Florida. Welcome to the Line of Fire. Hi, Dr. Brown. Hey. Hi. So I may be coming at it from a little bit different angle than um, the majority of people. Um, now, full disclosure, it's been 30 years uh, since I got my degree, but my background is in uh, microbiology, and I have a master's degree um, related to that. Mm-hmm. And so from the beginning with all of this, way back, I'm like, something's wrong. And I was following the numbers with COVID, literally going to the CDC site, just doing simple divisive math, and it wasn't making sense to me what they were saying. And so then, but you're asking about the the vaccine. Mm So um, the vaccine, I was like, okay, let's find out about this, because I have a mother who's in the age group. Yada, yada, you know, with all that. Yep. So I've done a lot of, I've gone into scientific journals. I'm not going to say I've read every scientific article or anything, but I've also listened to a variety of doctors, one of whom was on your show. Um, and um, the bottom line is, is this, this is not a vaccine like has ever been given before. Mm-hmm. And um, because of the nature of it, it is, and I, I say these words carefully, but it is, and I don't want to scare anyone out there, but it is a form of gene therapy. This is using messenger RNA. We've, we've never had a vaccine like this. And this 
kind of therapy is supposedly not legal. But but the bottom line with it is is um, and with some of it, time you know will tell. Also, we know with just naturally occurring, um, um, I won't say pandemic, but naturally occurring, you know, flu season or whatever. There's a natural curve that happens with um, with any virus. And so, yes, this seems to have gone on a long time, but if you look at the numbers, you know, healthy people have a 99 point, I think it's 8% chance of recovery. Right. And also, there are medicines that are um, much less expensive that can be used as long as they are used early on. And, you know, I guess I won't say the names because it seems to get people really worked up. But there's a lot of evidence, even if you look to countries like Nigeria, who has not had the problems that we have had. And, you know, their uh, medical system is not like ours. And so they're just, I personally feel there's an agenda with this vaccine thing. And um, but and then the other thing I will well, say. T- tell you what, I know there's an, another thing and it's probably important, but we're out of time. You're like, no, what was the other thing? Well, we're out of time today, but friends, make informed decisions. That's bottom line. Don't make this into the mark of the beast. Make informed decisions with wisdom for your health and those around you. And may God help us move past this horrific situation into a brighter future together.